Yo, 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 Thought Warriors. What is up? Higher Learning is on. It's I, Van Lee. And it's me, Rachel Lindsay. You are bringing all the energy in right now. I mean, you came in hot. Very hot. I see you're in the Pepto-Bismol room again. Uh, stop calling it that. That's what it I'm is. sick of this room. You hate it. I hate that. <laughs> uh, I've been here all day. Yes, I'm here. I'm still on the job. How's your week been going? You know, I went, it was good. I went to Erie, Pennsylvania on Tuesday. Tuesday, actually I got there Monday. Wait, when did I, oh my gosh, it's been such a long week. Tuesday. I got there Tuesday. I went to Mercyhurst University. I spoke to a wonderful group of students at a great time. I love going to parts of the country that I've never been to and probably will never go back. So it's a nice, it's a nice experience. Why won't you ever go back? I mean, I'd have to have a reason to. It's hard to get to. I had to fly into Cleveland, then drive an hour and a half into Pennsylvania, but it's right on Lake Erie. Canada's on the other side. The lake was frozen. It was a, it was cool to see, you know? It's just, a, it's just a different environment. But everyone was great. It was lovely. I had a, a great time. I was there for less than 24 hours, but it was cool. You know what's something that I love? What, Van? The Great Lakes. Did you learn about the Great Lakes in school? Because I'm realizing how much I don't know about the Great Lakes the more that I'm close to closer to them. I know nothing. Let's try to see if I can name all the Great Lakes. Okay. Donnie, bring them up. No, no. Gonna, no, name no them don't first. show me. I'm going to try to name them. Okay. I'm going to try to name them. All right. First of all, Donnie, I need you to tell me how many Great Lakes are there? There are five. Five Great Lakes. Okay. So these are the Great Lakes. Lake Erie. Okay. Lake Huron. Lake Michigan. Where's Lake Huron? Lake Superior. <laughs> oh, I know the fifth one. This is the easiest one. Yeah. Literally it. the easiest one. Lake Erie? No, you I said, said that, that first. Lake Huron's Erie. the difficult one. Lake Erie. Lake Huron. Lake Superior. Lake Michigan. Don't tell me. Can I give you a hint? Yeah. Canada. Lake Superior is in Canada. No. No, it's not in Canada. I mean, it touches it. I was in Lake Does Superior. Like, yeah, Lake Superior was in Grand Marais, did Grand Marais Minnesota, in, in, into Toronto, Canada. Wait, uh, wait, wait, wait. Minnesota into Toronto? They're, they're not even close. Excuse me, not Minnesota to Toronto. Minnesota into Ontario, Canada. Toronto is in Ontario. So I was in Thunder Bay, Ontario, okay? And Grand Marais, Minnesota is right underneath Thunder Bay, Ontario, all right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you can look it up if you want. I'll bet you $10,000 no, right I'm now. Not- Don't look it up. <laughs> Don't look at 10000 right now. I was there. So it was Thunder Bay, Thunder Bay, Ontario, Canada, and it was right, uh, Grand Marais, Minnesota is right underneath it. So, so what's the fifth lake? So my hint helped. You said the word. You said the name of the lake just now. You said it like four times. I said the name of the lake. Lake Ontario? Yeah. There you go. I don't even know that lake. I'm not even going to lie. Huron, to me, is the most difficult one. But You know why I know the Huron, though? Why? Because of the movie Last of the Mohicans. Wait, when, then I should know that. See, the movie Last of the Mohicans, like, it, the Huron people. They talk about the Hurons. It's a Native American tribe. It's it's like, the, you know, it's like the, the Huron. And so I was like, oh, I was a kid watching that. I'm like, oh, that's one of the Great Lakes. I didn't really even know Lake Ontario. I'm going to be honest with you. 
I didn't know it. Great Lakes. I love the Great Lakes. Let me tell you why I like them. Big ass okay. lakes. They're big lakes. They're who, they're huge. Who knew? They're huge. I've been up to Lake Superior, Lake Michigan, now Lake Erie, maybe Lake Huron. Maybe. I've been to Lake Superior. I saw a sturgeon. I think we've talked about this on the podcast before. I think I talked about the sturgeon that I saw at Lake Superior. Uh, I like my time up there. Stayed at the Lake Superior Inn. I wonder if they still have that. Why were you there? Up there doing family stuff. Getting personal business. Okay. Well, you know, you told us you were up there. Fair game to ask. I know. It's very true. I don't know why I responded in that way. I don't either, but I, I'm going to leave it alone. I know that. No, we were up there on a family trip and stuff like that. Uh, Lake Superior Inn. Do they still have it? Uh, the Inn on the Lake Superior. This is in Duluth. Because we also, we we went through Duluth as well. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. So we went through Duluth. This is how easily you can be like wild as a kid. So we're going through Duluth and we cross over the Mississippi River. Uh-huh. And like I'm like Jesus Christ, it's the Mississippi River, and my mom goes, "Yeah, yeah, it's the Mississippi River." And I was like, "We got the Mississippi River at home," and she goes, "Now you know damn well the Mississippi <laughs> River runs all the way up north." I'm like, "Yeah," but I didn't think it actually did. <laughs> I, I thought they were just saying that, but to to conceptualize that the river that the same river existed where I was and exists, we had. Traveled all the way up to Minnesota by car, and it was the same river. My oh, young wow, mind. Oh wow, you did by car. Yeah, nigga didn't. What they call Goddamn planes. <laughs> uh, hell no. The lakes, the inn on Lake Superior is a uh, three star hotel. I don't think we stayed here. I think the one that we stayed in was in Canada, though. I can't remember. I can't remember. So, that, so did you do anything on the lake, or was it too cold? It was frozen. The lake was frozen. It's so big, and I and I realized I'd never seen a frozen lake until uh-huh. I until this week but the lake is so big it doesn't freeze everywhere like it's too large to freeze in the middle apparently is what they told me but where i was i stayed right on the lake it was all frozen so yeah so i didn't get to see much of it campus my hotel the lake is pretty much it what was the name of the school again mercyhurst mercyhurst what kind of school is mercyhurst it's a private school they're the lakers that's what they're called yeah the mercyhurst lakers yeah it's in, it's in minnesota Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Interesting. Lake Erie. Erie. Erie, Erie Pennsylvania. Erie. Erie. Stop. I stop like saying it Erie. like that. Stop. Erie. <laughs> okay, we Erie. need a gift for that. <laughs> Erie. <laughs> Erie, Pennsylvania. Yeah. <clears throat> did you I, I spoke for the kids here we a couple of weeks ago at Chapman. Yeah. How did you how does it feel speaking to the kids? What did you so, feel like? So wait, do you do a full out speech or do you do Q and A's? I did a, I did I talked to the kids and then I did a Q&A as well. So I've since COVID I've switched it up. I used to just do speeches. Right. And so they were like 45 minutes of a speech and I'm like that nobody wants to sit there and hear that. They want to be able to talk to you, engage, ask questions. So I'll do just a little something at the beginning, but then I'm like y'all submit questions, y'all ask what you want to. I do a moderated conversation where we just go back and forth about things that they've prepared, taking questions from the audience. And um, and like I usually go off on a tangent about stuff too. So I, 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 but I love it. It's one of my favorite things to do. To talk to the youth? Well, it's just like you remember what it was like when you were in school. I don't know. The kids inspire me. It's like that, that me in the movie Mean Girls where she's like, oh, you keep me young. That's how I feel. Like I, like for this one, I did a dinner before. So I sat down with the group that brought me 
like 10, 12 students and I sit down with dinner with them and we talk for like an hour, hour and a half before, then I speak, I'll speak and then we'll do pictures and stuff after or like a meet and greet. You're, so, so it's you're fun. such a good person. I go mm-hmm. and I talk to the kids and all I think is, y'all so young. What the hell are you talking it. about? You know, I like to talk to the kids. I like to, I like to talk to them but more so. I know I like you're to, great. I like to remind them that like there was some nigga that was talking to them that's talking to me just like I'm talking to them and I didn't listen to him. <laughs> and I should have. Yeah. So I remember these guys that came along. Uh, they, they came to talk to our drama class when I was at Southern. They came to talk to our drama class and they were like, hey, you should really, really, really start going hard at it like right now. Yeah. Like now. Like start now. Yeah. Start going hard at it now. And I didn't listen. And I ended up getting in the industry at 41. So, <laughs> so it was tough. I mean, listen, it's hard to tell the kids, like, you know, do as I say, not as I do type situation. But, you know, yeah. I, I like to tell them, like, I remember when I was sitting in your chair and what and what this was like. And, you know, they'll take it. They'll, they'll, they'll learn. They'll come around eventually. Yeah, they're going to learn. <laughs> they're going to learn. I talked to them about the vaccine, too. Everybody okay, was at see. the. Everybody, we don't. Get, we don't go there. Was, everybody at Chapman. Shout out to Chapman, by the way. The kids at Chapman were great. Doctor Mark, all of the kids over there. I had to do Chapman radio. Chapman had me everywhere. I went. I did the Chapman radio. I went and met the provost. Oh, what, what does a provost do? I don't know. What is a provost? I don't want to say the wrong thing. What does a provost <laughs> do? Kira, do you know what a provost does? Kira, pop on real quick. Let Kira. everybody know who Kira is because they'll think we got rid of Trudy. Kira is Rachel's <laughs> little sister. Okay. Kira, what does a provost do? I have no idea. All right, bye, Kira. Like, <laughs> no, you know what? Don't introduce Kira please, like that. <laughs> please, Kira, I asked Kira, like, look, here's the thing. Provost. In my mind, it's like a president. But I it know does? it's not. No, I know they're not the president. Okay, here we go. Donnie with the, Donnie came through. With the Let facts. See. Let's see what the provost does. A senior administration of administrative official in certain colleges and universities, the head of a chapter or a cathedral. Huh. Okay. Somebody, so you met the provost, somebody with a position of power. Yeah, they don't give a fuck about me. What you mean? They don't care. Like, they trying to figure out ways to do all the little shit that they doing. Hey, we have a guest speaker and you come in his van late. Then they don't give a fuck to meet me. Half the kids didn't give a fuck to meet me. That's why when I go, <laughs> like, like, like that's, that's I don't why feel I, that way. That's why I go up there and I start making them laugh. Because I know they don't really give a fuck to meet me. They showed up. Yeah, they did. Okay, they did. there you go. So stop. What else they got to do? Oh, was it a class or was it like an event? It was like in an auditorium. So Okay, they showed up. They didn't have to be there. So nigga, stop. It's nothing else. I was don't, in college one time. It don't would be nigga like, me. Don't people, no. You don't people, have to go. <laughs> people would people would come by and they would be like, "Hey, bro, they got this mechanical engineering guy coming to the student center." I'd be like, "I'll see what this nigga talking about." <laughs> we didn't do that. Me. I didn't do that. I know because you, <laughs> you you guys went to you guys probably had like big people coming to Texas though. I no. The only person I remember we brought was Tradema Usury. Who's that? He's the he's the head of what? Well, now it's wrapped in scandal, but he was the head president and president of uh, the Dallas Mavericks. 
And then there was all this scandal background of him mistreating oh. women and all. Yeah, he got booted out. But he has like a really interesting story about coming up at, I think, Watts and, you know, where he went to school. And now he worked his way up and it's just very inspiring. We know, but we know about all the other stuff. Yeah, no, he came there to talk to you. Matthew McConaughey never came. All right, all right, all right. I we didn't bring him in. We brought in Busta Rhymes. Okay. I, did, I, was, I was a part of that concert. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Busta Rhymes came to the Busta Rhymes came to the school. Yeah, so he came. I was a part of the union that would bring different people in. Partner with another group, brought him in. He and Spliff. And it was so funny. He wouldn't come off. We had, I mean, we had his rider. I was at the grocery store buying all the things that he wanted, putting it in his, putting it in his room. He wouldn't even come into the room. Wanted somebody, stayed on the bus, wanted somebody to uh, iron his clothes. So I had to call my cousin. She had to bring her ironing board and her iron to iron his clothes. And then when he came out, he was great. But before, you know, it was a little bit diva. But afterwards, he was fantastic. Yeah, we brought it. I can't even remember. Ludacris. What else did we bring in? We had to think about it. Yeah, we had all kinds of motherfuckers come to Southern, but it was normally for Southern Spring Fest. You know, Spike is that Lee came like a? Yeah, is like that our, like um, Bayou Classic in the spring? No, it's not like the Bayou Classic in the spring. <laughs> well, the Bayou Classic <laughs> is a football game. Yeah. So, like, what's this? It's a spring version. What do y'all like? I don't know. Just wrap spring it around. Spring Fest is a big concert and a oh. big thing that happens on campus. They don't, you guys don't have that at the. PWIs. You guys. I gotta have- tell you something about UC. We didn't have homecoming. No homecoming, we, really. Yeah, we don't have homecoming. They got black homecoming. What's that? They just black folks getting together for a football game. We just do. saying, fuck it. We don't have the homecoming. So Hey, look. Just y'all, y'all send out an email. Look, when we play rice, all y'all niggas come to town. That's gonna That's be homecoming. Honestly, how it goes. <laughs> There's, I already know it's this year. Like my sorority sisters are like, "Hey, we going to Black Homecoming? It's uh the weekend of the Alabama game." Oh, very it's nice. Alabama game. Yeah. Uh, we don't have homecoming. We don't really have fest like of. That's UT though. It's not PWIs. That's UT. It's weird. Yeah. All right. Look, uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about, including the State of the Union address from President. Joseph Biden. That is the big deal of the day. We're going to get into it when we come back. Another side of this break. Higher learning. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. All right. President Biden's State of the Union address, the State of the Union, and it was also more like the State of the World address a little bit. Talked a little bit about the Ukraine, talked a little bit about his domestic policy, talked a little bit about his immigration policy, talked a little bit about uh, foreign policy, obviously, when it, as it relates to the Ukraine. Uh, talked about 
some domestic initiatives and things that he wants to get done. Also, talks about some things that he doesn't want to get done. You watched the State of the Union, I'm assuming. What did you think? I did not watch the State of the Union because I was speaking at Mercyhurst University. It was Tuesday, right? Hope so. <laughs> I was. I, I missed it. I missed it. But I caught the highlights. Um. Listen, I appreciate some of the things that Biden mentioned. I appreciate that he Biden. You want me to say President Biden? No, I just okay. I had an outburst. I'm sorry. Okay, <laughs> I I appreciate him mentioning voting rights legislation. I appreciate that he stood up for transgender and abortion rights, but I think what a lot of progressives couldn't get past and what seemed to be a huge topic of conversation was his response to policing in this country. And what I gather is like, listen, this is at this point, Biden is a moderate. He made it very clear by his stance on this with the State of the Union address. And it also let me know that the Justice and Policing Act is never going to happen under President Biden. And it's not just because you can't get certain senators to vote. The way that he stood by the the fact that we should fund the police and made it a point to really dive into during his speech lets us know that act is never going to get passed. And you can't just blame it on a mansion. It's just so not. you don't think that Joe Biden has the... A lot of people question whether or not he has the the tools to get it done, you don't think he has the overwhelming burning desire to get it done. After this, after what he said in his state of the union, I don't think that it is a priority for him. And maybe, and maybe it's not a desire because he's seeing that it is never going to pass through the Senate. So maybe he's put it on a back burner. I don't know. But the way that he's, the way that he talked about, we should all agree that the answer is not to defund the police. The answer is to fund the police. That right there lets me know. And he talks about funding them with resources and training that they need to protect our communities. You're not holding police accountable. You're about putting money, which he talked about, $350 billion for local governments to hire more police and invest in the police departments doesn't go towards holding police accountable to how they treat people in this country. He said, quote, let's not abandon our streets or choose between safety and equal justice. And the latter part of that sentence stood out to me when he says, or choose between safety and equal justice. For black people, safety and equal justice, it's the same thing. Black people don't feel safe in this country. That's a part of getting feeling equal, getting justice. We don't, and you, and the fact that you're putting more money behind police, but not talking about how you can, police can be responsible for how they treat black and brown people in this country. If you're not detailing ways that this money will be used to not just train them, but implement, you know, moving or allocating the money to certain departments so police can be used in the right place or hiring the right type of person to handle certain situations. You're just giving them more money. More money has not shown that the police are going to use that. You're not removing people of power in police departments who are a problem. You're giving these departments more money. So it's like you're not taking away what's bad and what's wrong. You're not fixing it. You're putting more money behind it. And to me, it was a step back for him to say, we're going to fund the police because you're showing that you're basically bending to the other side. You're so you're showing how much of a centrist you are, how much of a moderate you are. And you're not about standing 
with the people who were very influential in turning the tide and putting you in office. To me, this statement, this whole line of uh, of, of thinking and what he said in this speech shows that he is not no longer prioritizing holding police accountable and everything that uh, is being proposed by the Democrats with the Justice and Policing Act. OK, so let's let's parse that apart. Because I didn't expect you to come at it that hard. You do. Rachel, two guns. And that's without without watching it. Right. I I couldn't get over some of the things he said. Very matter of fact. It was a bipartisan statement. Only progressives had a problem with it. Okay, go ahead. So let's kind of deconstruct this and and put it back together because I agree with you, but I don't agree in certain spots. Okay. So. All right. So, number one, I don't think that Joe Biden thinks that he is breaking from the people that voted him in uh, mm-hmm. into office by saying fund the police. I believe I believe that. I think that Joe Biden thinks uh, and a lot of the people that are you know, advising the president, I think that they think that black America is actually a lot more moderate than we think it is. And I'm not so sure he's wrong about that. Mm-hmm. See, this is the way I look at it. Mm-hmm. I think that I hear people say on the timeline all all, all the time that there are aunties in the, in the suburbs and in the inner cities and stuff like that, and they want more cops. That black people aren't a monolith and did fund the police wasn't a black slogan. It was a black progressive slogan. Mm-hmm. And so when some people, some people look at crime, they think, hey, whatever. I get that. I understand that. This is why saying fund the police is still, to me, a problem because you don't have to say it, right? You like It's it's a situation mm-hmm. to where you can talk about what you're going to do in policing. You, don't, you can talk about what you feel like you need to do. I think the reason why the, the, the defund the police statement was essentially very powerful is because he let people know specifically on that argument what side of it he was on. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. the important thing for him was to say, I am not with those kooks. That to me, the sentiment of that is more powerful than whether or not he wants to give more, more money to police stations. Right. Mm -hmm. Because like giving more money to to the police departments or giving more money to, to the police everywhere. uh, That's something we can go back and forth with and talk about. But the fact that Joe Biden said, I want to draw a clear line between me between me and those people right there, to me, further depowers those people right there. Absolutely. It, it further puts them in a box of kooks, it further puts them in a box of, uh, in a fringe sort of box, and it puts them away from what should be an actual salient argument. We should have a conversation about whether or not giving police more money is the thing to do. We should have a conversation about whether or not reimagining public safety into being something that looks like more bureaus that just have to do with police departments is the right thing to do. That should be a conversation that should happen in America. And even if it's just the conversation right now, it's something that should be talked about. What the president just attempted to do in the State of the Union was to tell those people to keep quiet. Like, keep quiet. Yes. yes. Like, like, don't yes. talk about that. Like, I tell you what I am fund the police we don't need to defund the police we need to fund the police he's th- that's political language that's language to talk of you know to to discuss like the uh this language to sort of 
how can I put this? That's language to coddle the people that might be voting in the midterms. He's a very unpopular mm-hmm. president right now. He wants to make sure that people don't think he's Correct. one of these left-wing kooks, right? So he's out there and he's saying that. I don't know that that has much to do with whether or not he wants to get the George Floyd Violent and Police, Violence and Police mm. Act done. I don't, I, don't, I don't think that those two things are mutually exclusive. I don't think that, like, so obviously he doesn't understand, to your point, to your incredibly well-made point about safety, I don't think that he understands or maybe he doesn't care that we don't see more police, at least us, the me and you, us, I'm not speaking for all black people, mm-hmm. that we don't see more police as being more safe. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know too many black people that see more police as being more safe. So I don't know if he gets that part. I do think that he believes that he could maybe split the baby and having more police, but perhaps having them under different sort of standards and consequences. I think maybe in a perfect Joe Biden world, and for some of these Democrats too, they would see more police with qualified immunity. They'd see more police resources alongside of some of the the uh, the policies that are inside of the George Floyd Policing Act. I do think there are some that believe that. I don't see that being, I don't see those things being able to get married. I don't. I see one mode of thought being here and one mode of thought being there. One mode of thought being, hey, we put more money into police departments. Then if you think that in some kind of way that's going to end up with a, a higher standard of policing, you'd have to show me how. Right. And if he says, oh, well, we're going to what he said in the statement was we're going to use this money to train them up. We're going to use this money to put them in different situations. We're going to use this money to connect them to the community. Well, my only point is that the the budgets have already been more bloated than they have ever been before. So why weren't they already doing that? So so I, I don't I don't understand like why haven't they already been doing that? Why have they been buying tanks? And I'm not it's not hyperbolic. Like the police have fucking tanks. Why have they been buying tanks instead of using the money to connect with the community? Instead of using the money to train the officers how to de escalate situations involving mental illness. Why hasn't the edict already been to do that? So mm-hmm. that's what I would ask, because I don't mm-hmm. think that they need more money. I think they need a different set of priorities. I don't know, though, that it's completely fair to say that the fund the police thing, although it was totally fucked to me, mm-hmm. means that he doesn't want to get the violence and police in that. Done. So I and I I think we we said this or maybe you stopped me and we we kind of like detoured and talked about this for a second. It's that he's not prioritizing it. That's how I felt when he made that statement. Every word was chosen carefully when he made the state of, well, most of them, when he made the state of the union, when he made the state of the union address. And so that was a statement. That was a line drawn in the sand when he said fund the police. I thought you were about to say a line drawn in the sandwich. I'm gonna shit. Cut it right down the middle, and you got two halves. It's like you got two sandwiches. But go ahead. No, no, no. Just a line in the sand about in regards to where he stands. That was a message to the other side. That was like you said. The midterms are coming up. That was to win back favor because he isn't doing well in the polls, and that was to bring in more moderate Democrats. And people were excited when he said it. I and and. So your point, too, about the the money, the $350 billion that's been um, applied to local governments and to hiring more police and investing in police departments, my issue with that is you're throwing money 
who's in, who's who's in charge of identifying the problems that are within these local governments? Put money behind that in putting a task force or somebody together who's going to say that there's a problem with this police department, so we're going to allocate this money for this. That's what I would be more interested if you were going to give money that I knew exactly how that money was going to be implemented to these departments rather than just hiring. What does the invest side of that look like? That's what I want to see too. But I stand by the statement that I don't think that he's prioritizing um, uh, just the Justice and Policing Act. I think that he's trying to find other ways to win favor. And, and maybe that's it. Maybe he thinks it's never going to be passed. So he's trying to find other ways to win favor. But to me, the way that he, that he worded this, it was very matter of fact. And for him not understanding that safety and equality and equal justice are linked for black people and for Kamala Harris to have such a big statement in 2020 and to really be supporting the protest and what seems like the defund the uh, defund the police movement to be stand- sitting behind him and standing and clapping to me was also a bit of a statement. Oh wow, you were on fucking with it. I I wasn't like I wasn't expecting you. Look, here's the thing. I I already got my ass kicked for saying I didn't too much enjoy the state of the union. They got my ass. All I said was like, look, here's the thing. Joe Biden, not the strongest order. They people have told me. Yeah, that, you, know, you came at him that way. <laughs> that Joe Joe Biden you know, they, they say he has a stutter. He has a, no, they don't say he has a stutter. He has a stutter. I would say he wasn't really stuttering when he was selling the crime bill on the Senate floor, but whatever. Uh, he it was a long time ago. So I don't want to be ableist and in, in any way to Joe Biden. So I wasn't I was watching the speech and I wasn't particularly moved by the speech. And I said that President Biden was struggling to give the speech and I had problems with it. I do want to make sure that I point out there were there were a lot of things in the speech that I thought were pretty powerful. I thought that his statements on the Ukraine were pretty powerful, Sure. even though, you know, um, we've talked about what we've talked about as far as that situation goes. I think there were other things that he said uh, in terms of some of the domestic development that uh, that he has plans to do that I thought were pretty powerful. Uh, I do think that there are two things that I have a major problem with from the president. Um, one is the rhetoric came across like almost going backwards in America to me. I think that America is growing. It's becoming so diverse, uh, and it's, it's pushing at its boundaries in all types of different ways. And I think that having a state of the union, your first state of the union and touting strong borders and the police, is just the wrong tenor to strike with so many of the American people. And I think it's a losing game to try to take us back to some place. I think we've left that horse has left the barn and it's not coming back. I think what you have to understand and what you have to try to do is you have to understand the new base of political thought activists that are coming up and you have to figure out how to empower them and keep them as a part of that. And I just think that the Democrats fail to do that every single time. I'm not saying catering to one person, but you made it a point right now to make sure that people know that to defund the police people are at cross purposes with you. I just think that's very, very, very stupid to do. Even if people say that that defunding is a bad slogan, it's not a politically viable slogan. Mm -hmm. All of those things could be true, right? The ideas behind it are things that we need to consider and Cutting off the conversation is just not a good way to do that. As far as the yeah. the, the strong border stuff, I was, I, 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 
Joe Biden thinks that the way to win elections or to change America is not to energize your people, but to appease the other side. Mm. I just want to let people know the right will never appease you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They don't give a fuck. They, they will never appease you. They will tell uh, that like the, the, not only will the right not appease you, they won't even come to an understanding. They'll make you have a baby. <laughs> like, like, you know what I mean? Like, think about it. Like they, they are not going to appease you. They're not going to, like, you, they're not going to do that. They're going to make you have, they're going to tell you you have to have a baby. They're going to tell you what to do with your body. They're going to tell you what you can learn, what mm-hmm. you can think, mm-hmm. what you can, they'll do. They're not trying to in any way strike a, a, a common accord with you. They're not trying yeah. to do that. So I don't know why we play like that with them. It's All just, the time. All the time. Every single time. Gotta, Great. Gotta We're stri- the bigger person. Stri- it ain't gotta, getting us anywhere. Got straight down Donald Trump, but Mitch McConnell's a real good guy and a close friend. It's just weird. It's like, it's weird. All right, something else I got to talk to you about President Biden. What? President Biden is naming a chief prosecutor to go after pandemic fraud. President Joe Biden said in the State of the Union address on Tuesday that he's tapping a new boss to fight pandemic-related financial crimes. This move comes after the U.S. Justice Department prosecutes cases around the country alleging people falsified paperwork to obtain forgivable loans meant for small businesses. PPP. PPP, <laughs> baby. Congress authorized these funds under the $2.2 trillion Coronavirus AIDS Relief and Economic Security Act, CARES Act. Joe Biden has said, in my administration, the watchdogs are back and we're going after the criminals who stole the Billions of relief money meant for small businesses and millions of Americans. Mm. Not the criminals who work in uh, public safety. Not the criminals <laughs> Wall Street. The people who got PPP loans. Now, I'll be honest with y'all. I'm not going to say who I think these people are going to be. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what are you going to say? <laughs> Because you just said it. <laughs> but what I'm going to say <laughs> is you need to call your cousin Tyrone <laughs> and tell this nigga to get that paper trail straight. Of all the things that were said, I really had a problem with this. Did you really? Yes. Let me ask you I- a question. Do you think we should be doing this? I-, I mean, I think there are other things to prioritize, like, you know, student loans. We're going to talk about loans and talk about student loans, but I, I, I'm not, it, this didn't bother me that he is going after. Cause honestly, I don't think he's going to go after people who like might've de- defrauded for like 5,000, 10,000. I think he's going after them all. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm gonna be I real think it's going to be that there are people who did millions yeah, let them those, live. I'm gonna be honest those, with you. Let them live. Nah. Let them live. Nah, I can't condone this, man. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get conservative again. I, I let them live. This. What's the big deal? Like, they look, stole money. That's a crime. They, look, I wonder if my dad is gonna have to deal with these cases. Your dad probably. This is be, this is what you need to go. I'm gonna be to sitting in the chambers with Judge Lynn. <laughs> hey, Judge, stall him out. Stall him out, man. Give him a week at the YA, the Youth Authority. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, but no, I. I I'm gonna be honest with you, and this is 
some of the most unintelligent thoughts in my mind. I'm sorry. You don't think we should just, Rach, seriously, you don't think we should just let them live? It was a time that was hard on everybody. Of course, there was waste. Of course, there were scams. Of course, there's bloat. But what do we get out of now that we're out of that? What do we get out of dropping a hammer on these people? That we're, What do we get out of it? Like, what's the what's point? What's the difference between fraud when it comes to PPP and fraud when it comes to another government assistance program? Are you okay with that as well? I don't really care about it. Do you, Are you asking me if I... If I if the question is, do I care about poor people stealing money? The answer is overwhelmingly no. Like, like super no. Like, no, 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 no. Yeah. No, 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 no. If I care about poor people stealing money, no, I don't care. I don't at all. If the reason I care because if at the end of the day you doing this kind of stuff prevents you from continuing to get some type of government assistance or affects other people from getting it or it limits the type of assistance that's given to a certain program because people are continuing to do that, then I have a problem with it. That's how I look at it. Not because I want to see people prosecuted because I don't want to give the government an excuse to take a certain program away for the people who actually need it. That's how I look at it. But see, the only problem with that argument is that it's bullshit. And and the only reason why I say that is because, look, (laughs) yo, if the government decides to build a railgun on a battleship that can attack China, in a, a Chinese battleship, in the event that we need it, and it spends a billion dollars on one piece of technology, two billion dollars on a on a on some sort of high tech fire jet, all of this stuff, the priorities of the government are telling you right now that there being enough money to go around for people is not the problem. So th- there's none of these things, in my opinion. They would have to demonstrate to me how the PPP loan scams actually either negatively impacted poor people, which, by the way, they might be able to do. I just potentially I just have never seen it done. They'd have to they'd have to tell me how these things are impacting people because this the welfare queen lie from like the 80s and the 70s. It's just bullshit. Like, it's not a thing. So, like, to me, I know niggas were scamming the PPP, but why in the world as president? knowing that some of these people come from their community like knowing why in the world is president would you go out of your way for to what end it's the same it's the same line that he stood on the same side he stood on when he said fund the police is the answer but what i will say is anybody who gets in trouble in regards to the ppp you know who to hit up for bail money it's van that's hey. you you want to stand on hey. that side hit hey. van up hey. for your bail money hey. Hey, he stands Bellman. with you. I st- he supports I stand, you. Yeah, I stand with you in regular shoes, not the Balenciagas y'all got on. So y'all better, I hope y'all can. can but you don't have a problem with that. You don't, don't have matter. a problem. You don't, don't have a problem matter. with how they spent their money. I don't. I don't. I was, I, I was delighted. I was walking through Beverly Hills. That Man. bitch, that motherfucker. I was walking through Beverly Hills. It looked like Ghana in that bitch. We so was true. everywhere, man. We're like, so like we was, was like it was so it was beautiful like all down the line at the louis vuitton store i'm like yo what the fuck i i think we talked about this i moved during this time so i thought that's how beverly hills always looked i was like man we are really out here until i started seeing those signs go up that said we don't accept these cards oh oh (laughs) we we talked about this like uh, we went 
we went to for uh i can't remember what it was but me and kalika got a room on the top of the thing that veranda yes room. yes i can't remember what hotel that was either. it was a beverly wilshire like this got a tent you guys it's like a cool room on the top of the beverly wilshire there's a tent up there and you can lay in the tent we had the whole we was out there chilling tommy was there and get in the room i go there the room is like 3500 bucks like you 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 get the room and they go we don't accept ebt I'm like who the fuck is going yeah at the beverly wilshire hotel like, but wait the did they wait wait is that the first thing they said to you no they didn't say that to me it was a sign oh i oh. was mad for a whole <laughs> other reason i'm sorry what <laughs> okay that was just right. a sign yeah yeah all right that's enough of joe biden corner big deal of the day we're gonna take a break come right back This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. You could be doing anything this week, right? You've got work, errands, friends, and a whole lot of fun in between. That's why the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the capable SUV that's built for your life. With premium interiors, available wireless charging, and room for your whole cargo and crew. Okay, Hyundai. Visit HyundaiUSA.com to learn more about the all-new 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. All right, they're remaking White Man Can't Jump. Did you see that? I did. Jack Harlow. The stars, Billy Hoyle. Van, you're a movie person, okay? I'm clearly not. That's well established on this show. How do you feel about everything being remade or rebooted? Rebooted. uh, Rebooted. uh, Rebooted. uh, Rebooted. uh, That's the official reboot theme song. No, it's not. It is. uh, (laughs) So how do I feel about it? This is how I feel. I feel that certain stories always need to be updated. A new iteration for a new generation. A new iteration for a new generation. And what's the timeline for that? Like how many years uh, have to go by? It depends, but I would say 10. Really? That's too soon. Nah, because like I'm talking about like, it's very specific, right? So okay. if, if you did an Indiana Jones movie uh, in the, especially now, it used to be longer, but it's getting, some of its content comes out now that it's getting different. So I could see updating something with a younger actor, with a younger group of people every 10 or 15 years, 10 or 15 years. So, okay. Uh, so you're fine with this? No. Oh, is it the casting? No, it's the story. Mm. This is a story that doesn't need to be updated. (laughs) It exists in a specific time that has a specific rhythm to it that has sometimes like, for example, you want to update Beverly Hills Cop, right? You want to update it. Sure, you want to update it. The problem with updating Beverly Hills Cop is you would have to have Eddie Murphy in his prime. And they only do that 
once a lifetime. So mm-hmm. it's not Beverly Hills Cop that you're that you're updating. Like you can't update somebody being in the perfect role at the perfect time. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you can update Batman, Superman, uh, Indiana Jones, maybe not even Indiana Jones, Star Wars. You can update things like that because the lore of those things is so much bigger than the actual characters. Mm-hmm. And White Man Can't Jump, you mean to tell me, and this is no shade to Jack Harlow, who else is going to do that movie, you mean to tell me you can go find Woody and Wesley? That's the whole movie, man. It you can go find Woody. Movie. That's the whole movie, man. The whole they, it's some cool basketball being played. It's a cool story. Shout out to and Keith Rosie Barrison. and Rosie and Ro- Oh, excuse like, me. You oh. got to put Rosie in there. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. This is actually a movie I've seen. I, I am so <laughs> sorry because definitely, definitely Rosie, definitely for sure Rosie. So you go go get them and like without that the movie kind of don't work. You're not gonna update Bull Durham. Because you're not going to have Kevin Costner and Susan Sarandon and Tim Robbins again. So to me, movies like this don't work because of that. It's like you could try it. You know, Jack Jack Harlow is cool, but we don't know how he is as an actor, though. We don't know. It's just his first acting gig. It's just it just seems to me. and, And forgive me. Maybe he's a fantastic actor, an untapped talent we haven't seen before. But it seems more of like I'm updating a movie that was very popular with a guy who's a popu- who's popular right now. Like that just seems to be the format or like whatever it may be. And it doesn't I, I, I'm not intrigued to go see this. If anything, this makes me want to go watch the original. It's been around for a long time. 50 Cent posted that he might be leaving stars. 50 ain't leaving. Why? Why would you say that? 50 said that stars sucks. He says his deal is up over here. He's out. They renewed Hightown and Force is the highest rated show they have it sitting in limbo. If I told you how much dumb shit I dealt with over here, what if it's true? Well, 50's, 50's uh, contract, from what I read, is up in September. Plenty yeah. of time to renegotiate. Sounds like we're jumping the gun a bit here. Now, I don't know what he's dealing with behind the scenes. Only he can speak to that and whoever's at the table with him negotiating. However, I just power the power franchise and I'm in it. I watch them all. I haven't really gotten into force, to be honest with you. But I'm into all of them. It's extremely popular and a highly rated show. I can't imagine that stars would let it go. Like, I'm still into it. I want to see what happens. I think they're just at the negotiating table. I, I don't know if he's doing this to force their hand, maybe, a little bit more to bring attention to it. But I don't think he's going anywhere. It's smart. It's, it's smart. smart for he can do that. Not yeah. everybody can do that. So what difference does it make? So he it, can do it, so he does it. No, I didn't say it was a problem. I just said he's not going anywhere. He knows he knows the power that he has. He's bringing attention to it. He can do this. He also has the backing up of, of it being a highly successful show. So they want to keep this there. I don't even know what Hightown is. But I You've know never what seen Hightown? No, but I know what Force is. You know? I know Kanan. I know Power Book 2. Uh, I'll be honest with you, though. I can't even see, because I believe if he's saying this, why would they even be playing with him like this? That that doesn't surprise me. So they're just going to make it seem like 50 can get whatever he wants. They do no. that for the white people. They're going to play hardball. They, I'm sure they play hardball for white people, too. Uh, they play baseball. Maybe. Hey. Hey. Oh. <laughs> what are we Shout out to Stila. Shout out to Sheila. Hey. Hey. Yeah. They're playing yeah. it like that. I get you. I get you. But yeah. I don't. 
you know, I think at the end of the day, 50 is going to have whatever he wants. Baseball is hardball. I think so, too. I think it's also a way for 50 to mobilize. This is smart, though, if you can do it. like If you can do it, it is smart, Yeah, yes, yeah yes. like a way for 50 to mobilize his audience uh, to, to get on their asses. Look, people have said I have a Kanye obsession. Here's the thing. People said that I had a Kanye obsession when we talked to 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 the makers of the Genius documentary. Mm-hmm. That they wasn't did? my idea. Netflix reached out to us and told us to oh put that gosh, on. Oh my gosh, we had to talk about we, that. Yeah, like, like that wasn't my idea. So I, I was so I was. I, now. I, now listen, y'all leave Van alone. I'm the one who normally is like he has an obsession. When that was presented to us, I was like, we have to do it. I was all into that, and y'all. Kanye's everywhere. You can't help but talk about what's going on. It's not like we're talking about their divorce. We're talking about things that are newsworthy and that need to be talked about, to be honest with you, like this next topic. So Kanye West, animated video for Easy. The song with Game is fucking hard. It's good. It's a good song. God damn, Game was in his fucking bag, man. The song with Game is hard. Uh, In this video... The, which is a good video, very artistic animated video, some, some stop motion animated in there. He depicts Pete Davidson being kidnapped and buried. And it looks to me to be a point where Pete Davidson is decapitated. All right. Uh, he plants seeds on Pete Davidson that turn into flowers. The kidnappers then clips the stems and adds them to a flatbed truck worth of roses um, uh, just like the massive delivery that he just had delivered to Kim Kardashian's house. Um, the video ends with this message. Everyone lived happily ever after except Skeet. Skeet is Kanye West's derogatory name for Pete Davidson. And it said, J- JK, he's fine. Uh, yo, the question online is, is this art? Or is this aggressive to depict? It's both. Rachel says it's both. It's obviously art, right? This is a form of expression. Whether you hate it or love it, it is. It's art. You started off talking about how how this was a cool video and the way that it was made. You know, it's I didn't watch it because I didn't want to give it views like it mattered because I'm sure hundreds of millions of people have watched it at this point. But I didn't want to watch it. I got the gist of it and I heard what it was like. I saw pictures. Um of Pete Davidson, where it did look like he was decapitated. So it's it's art, it's aggression. It's honestly, it's art and it's violence. And that's what you have to call it out. It's psychological abuse and it's psychological violence. And if you look up the definition of both, there's it, there's no denying that it's it's both of those things. So you can't you can't commit these type of acts and and hide under the guise of it being art. It's more than that. You're messing with people mentally. You're threatening people. It's harassment. And you have to call it out for what it is. This is not a beautiful thing that he's doing. I mean, it's a great song with a problematic video behind it. And, you know, like there's children involved with this. This is highly, it's a public matter. I hate that we're involved in it, but Kanye continues to put all of us in the middle of this. It's a problem and it's violent and we should call it that. So, number one, I think Game's album is going to be crazy. (laughs) On another note. (laughs) On another note. I think Game's album is going to be bananas. Seems like he's in a different mode, in a different zone. I can't wait to listen to the Drink Drink Champs interview when it comes out today. 
Uh, if I'm Pete Davidson. That's pretty solid comedic timing on those claps. Um, If I'm Pete Davidson, it's restraining order time. Yeah. If I'm if I'm Pete Davidson, either it's time to line up with Ye and just shoot the fade and get it over with. Either you go the nigger route or you go the civilian route. But Ye getting a little too friendly with this man name likeness and image now. I, I he didn't gave this man a whole nickname. Think about how pressed you got to be about the fact that Pete Davidson is bringing the dick to your old lady. Let's be honest. This is what he's mad about. Here we go. That's just that, that's true. <laughs> that is what he's mad about. Yes. Yeah, that's yes. what he's mad about. Yes. Pete, da- Pete Davidson is in there experimenting. They're using foods and stuff. And I was like, honey, all of that stuff. And he's mad. He's upset about it. He's uh, you know, guys get mad about it, but Kanye West has a lot of power. He's abusing it. If I'm Pete Davidson, Either we got to meet up and do something, which Pete Davidson is not probably going to do, or it's time for Pete Davidson to think about protecting himself from Kanye West. Because this is like, this is weird, man. This is too much. Well, this is gonna, too much. And I inciting. joke when I say that stuff, but like, in all seriousness, like, isn't it going too far now? Mm-hmm. It's going too far. And don't you think that this could incite other people to have, I'm not saying to do exactly what's in this video, but just to respond in an inappropriate or maybe god forbid in a violent way towards pete davidson i mean you've got connie's got fans that are true fanatics of him and want to defend him to the you know what i mean and really find what pete davidson and kim kardashian doing are problematic and what if they act on the things that he's saying it's like that's how you have to look at it yeah a restraining order but even like a i wonder if he could get a gag order like just keep keep, i don't think he'd get a gag order Probably too much of a stretch. Yeah, they're not linked to each other in any way. But I don't think he get a gag order. I think he it'd be can, nice I if he could. <laughs> I think he's probably giving a gag order. <laughs> I guess I set myself up for that one. Uh, it's, I... it's not fair to Kim, you guys. I'm just joking around. This whole situation is so absurd. I'm sorry. Yay, man. We're not gonna spend too much time on it. But come on, bro. Kill the nigga in the video. We killing niggas in videos now. We killing niggas in videos. We cut niggas' heads off in videos. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Sound the gifting panic alarm. You need to get an amazing gift. Wait, no, the perfect gift. Relax. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting, so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click gift mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a housewarming gift for the new homeowner or a birthday present for the pickleballer, Gift Mode has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. Are you looking for a view of the world that's a bit different? Hi, I'm Jason Palmer, a host of The Weekend Intelligence, a podcast from The Economist. Join us to hear the stories that matter most to our correspondents and editors. Every Saturday, we introduce you to people and ideas that take you outside the ordinary 
and expand your horizons one episode at a time. Join us and see the world from a new perspective. To listen free until May 31st, search Spotify for The Weekend Intelligence. Pat Robinson. 700 Club. It's 91 years old, Pat Robinson is. He has said that uh, Putin is doing the right thing. He's compelled by God to invade the Ukraine and kick off the end times. Okay. Uh, Pat Robinson had not been on the 700 Club as the host. Stepped down last fall, but he came back just to say this. <laughs> Rach, you like Jesus, right? I do. When you hear someone like Pat Robinson say that it's kicking off the end times, are you mad at him? Because if you've been in enough churches, you know that that's how they talk. Like, I wasn't mad at this. Yeah. You were mad at it? No, I'm I wasn't mad at it. I'm embarrassed I'm, by like, it. I'm, I'm, I think this is what I think. I think it's insanely insensitive to the people who are going through that sure. in the Ukraine. And I think that it's something that, to be honest with you, let me fully flesh this out. And I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. But I think I think that it's really insensitive to people in the Ukraine. And it's really insensitive to paint Vladimir Putin as if he's doing anything like heroic or uh, like mandated by God. But I do think, though, that as somebody who was raised Christian, when stuff like this happens, I would be lying if I would say, if I didn't say that it hasn't been baked into your DNA to like think like that. Like, is it getting ready to start? Is something like this happening? And I'm, you know, I don't want to devolve into that whole thing. But what I will say is that like, I would be intellectually dishonest if I was saying that I hadn't heard that from multiple people since this all got kicked off. Really? I actually haven't heard it. I'm not surprised though, when big things happen like this, in the world when war is involved. Yes, you do hear the fire and brimstone type of pastors come out and speak towards the end times and revelation, pick up your Bibles and read it and get ready. We've seen it happen before a number of times. 9-11. Um, 9-11. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not, I wasn't mad about it. It's more embarrassing because it just gives people the, the liberty to be like, those there go those Christians again. But I also feel like the that type of pastor isn't really mainstream or popular. I mean, they, Pat, Pat is 91, arguably 700, you know, like the name, the club named, like the very club he's named <laughs> after. You know what I mean? Like, take a look at him. Take a good, what strong look what at Pat. He's a, so the 700 Club isn't about the the 700 Club is how old you got to be to get in that motherfucker. <laughs> what the fuck? Take a good look at Pat. He looks like he's propped up. He literally right. looks like he's being propped up in his seat. Okay. Oh my it's, god. It's shocking. It's shocking that he retired last uh, last fall. But no, it, it, I'm not mad. It is. It's embarrassing to me. Um, but I think the funniest note is that it says in here. How great it says he has predicted that there is, quote, going to be a judgment on the world. He said this in 1982. The Pacific Northwest would be devastated by a tsunami in 2006. Mass killings killings would be unleashed in 2007 and an asteroid would destroy the earth after President Donald Trump was reelected in um, after the re- he won the reelection in 2020. And then it says none of those ever came to pass. <laughs> so, Pat. Go back, go back wherever you were. It just no, like it's not the. I'm not looking at this as the end of times. <laughs> like stop, Pat. Come on, Pat. Come on, Pat. Stop scaring people, Pat. Talk about the love. Scare and people the in Christianity. 
That's out. That's yeah, out. That's kind of, kind of, said, yeah, it's kind of the Jack Vanderpie stuff. Come on, come on, Pat. You're better than that. Are you? I don't know. Uh, Pat's, Pat's, Pat's. What was the, what was the one thing Pat said? Oh, um, Derek uh, Chauvin. No, it wasn't Derek Chauvin. It was the uh, Taser thing. I was Derek Chauvin. No, the taser it was thing. Derek. It was, it was Derek. Yeah. It was yeah. He was actually said so. He was an unexpected ally of the week. <laughs> yeah, and now he's back where he belongs. Yeah, he's. <laughs> Being expectedly expected. Yeah, expected. <laughs> uh, Brent Hankinson was found not guilty of endangering Brianna Taylor's neighbors in a botched raid. A jury has acquitted Brent Hankinson, who was one of the cops involved in the Brianna Taylor raid, of all three counts uh, uh, of felony wanton endangerment in the botched raid that left uh, Brianna Taylor dead. Uh yeah, he had, if he hadn't been convicted, he would have faced one to five years in prison for each charge. Is is Brett, is this the officer that was shooting from the parking lot into the window? I am not sure. I am not sure, but this had to do specifically about whether or not he was, you know, putting other people in danger by executing that no-knock warrant and shooting all over the place. And Which he did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you make of it? I mean, he obvi- I, I, I don't know the elements of this charge, so I don't know how likely or unlikely it was that he was going to be found guilty. But to me, if he's the officer that I'm thinking of, what, wherever he was, he was firing so reckless in such a reckless way that his bullets entered into the neighboring apartment. That's not how this is supposed to be carried out. You're a professional. You're trained to handle this in the right way. And he was just out there thinking he was in the wild, wild west, just shooting at any and everything. To me, it sounded like an open and shut case that he should be found guilty. But again, I don't know the elements of the crime, um, but I think it falls in line with how they've handled everything else when it's related to Breonna Taylor's tragedy. And it's not shocking that he was found not guilty. So here's the thing about the entire Breonna Taylor situation is for me personally, the legalities of what went on aside, I think there was an opportunity to take her situation and say that we want to make sure there's not another Breonna Taylor. They would argue they did. They obviously did. They would argue that, um, they have the no knock warrant ban ban in that city. Okay. I'm not agreeing. I'm just saying that's what I'm playing devil's advocate. That's what they would say. I get you. And in that city, maybe. But I think sometimes what uh I guess what I'm talking about is more of a critical mass across the nation of this, right? Mm-hmm. Um your point on the city is very, very well taken. Uh we just saw one of these executed in Minnesota that led to the death of someone. Mm-hmm. What I'm trying to glean out of all of these legal machinations and everything that happens in these cases, it's not even whether or not I want these people to go to jail or whether or not I want these people to be free because I can't in one breath talk about my proclivity for abolitionist thought and at the same time be calling for a bunch of people to go to prison. It's a very difficult line to walk, right? But what I do want to try to do in some sort of way is get to an understanding of how some type of societal change gets mobilized and then solidified out of any of these issues. 
And just seeing the name Brianna Taylor, Brett Hankinson, and not guilty all together in the same thing, it's so triggering. And it doesn't even matter the specifics of the case. It just it plunges me. It's like I'm like, Jesus Christ, that girl's dead. She's dead. And what do we have? What do we have besides talking points to show for it? The no knock the no knock warrant in the city is is a point well taken. Now, I just looked at this and I was like, people talking about a victory for law enforcement. People talk about a victory for uh, the family. Like, what's a victory for Breonna Taylor? Is there one? Nope. Nope. I know we've talked about this before. I know I sound Well, crazy it goes right this. back to what we were talking about at the start of this podcast. The way you're triggered and the way you feel when somebody stands up for the State of the Union address and says, fund the police, but then we're here talking about this story. When someone says it, should, it shouldn't be a choice between safety and equal justice, it makes you think of exactly what happened to Breonna Taylor. We're thinking about that. Is our, is our president... Wow, you're really coming for him. I, I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm very shocked that he took that stance. But, really? but, you, but, but, like when we're having to talk about this kind of story, it's like, well, how much money needs to be thrown at the Louisville Police Department for them to get it right? Hey, because you still got these people up here working. You talking your shit? Oh, their ex. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, that, uh, so okay, of uh, that three hundred fifty billion, what is going into their department to make them better? Like specifically, how are we investing in them? Because right. all of them, none of them are held accountable. So it's, it's just, that's, that's why, that's why I feel the way that I do. That's why I said it, what I said at the top of this podcast. I feel you. Yeah. Uh, the don't say gay bill passes its final Senate committee on Florida. Florida's so-called don't say gay bill on Monday passed its final state Senate committee. It now moves to the Senate floor for a vote. Don't say gay bill seems like it could possibly pass in Florida. If you guys don't know what this bill is, it's officially known as the Parental Rights and Education Bill. Uh, it's basically giving parents the greater authority to take legal action against school districts they believe to be in violation of waywardly and all willy-nilly discussing LGBTQ plus issues. Uh, you'll be barred from speaking to primary school students about certain LGBTQ topics that are not considered age appropriate. Huh. We're living in scary times. Scary. What's what's age appropriate? Well, do, they, on, do they do it? They say kindergarten it, to third grade, I think. So that's, well, it depends that's, on whether or not you're gay or straight. If it's if it's if you're straight, then it's completely okay to give you a story where uh, a princess waits for a prince. You can read that to a five-year-old. If it's a prince and a prince, the age of appropriateness is apparently 55 years old. (laughs) That's when it's okay. If it's a princess and a princess, the age could be like 40. Okay. But if it's a prince and a prince, then fifty five. If it's if it's a princess and a prince, that's cool. That relationship is okay. You can do that from like you can start early. You can do three. You can do whatever. Then sure. basically sexual relationships, girls. Because remember, how does Snow White have to wake up? It's not that the it's not like the prince wakes Snow White up by fucking. Here's the thing about this: the prince doesn't wake Snow White up by like empowering her. 
you know, he doesn't he doesn't wake her up by drafting a strongly worded email encouraging her to get up. He doesn't wake her up by anything. He straight kisses her. Right. And she didn't even give him permission. Didn't Sexual give him permission. stuff. And like for the prince to do it, it's okay. It's all right. You know? So it's okay. It's completely okay. You have, by the way, Cinderella. Totally problematic story. Totally problematic. Cinderella really had the first BBL. I'm sorry. You mean after she went to her fairy godmother? See, this is what they'll tell you. So first of all, let me tell you. First of all, let's go back to the Dose Game Bill. Then I'll tell you about Cinderella in a second. Let's go back to the Dose Game Bill. I wish they would say something else. I wish they would just say it. Like, the Dose Game Bill is the most insidious, clandestine, worst type of hate. It's, hey, it's not age appropriate. It's people always say, kids don't need to be seeing this. Kids don't be need to see this. Kids don't need to. Let's leave that out. You guys don't care about it when it's straight people. It's such a frustrating cognitive dissonance. I remember I put all of these con, all of these comic book characters up. Minnie kissing uh, Mickey, uh, Daisy kissing Daffy, Ra- Jessica Rabbit, basically giving Roger Rabbit a hand job. Like it's like the like hypersexual. Nobody cares. What you it's not the sex that offends you. It's the gay. Just fucking get to the point. Well, that's why it's the nickname is "Don't Say Gay," and don't I like gay. that. That's we don't even acknowledge what it's actually called because that's pretty much what you're saying. I just can't imagine being like. This whole nurture versus nature, they're throwing it out the window. They're basically telling you, you can't be a certain thing. We can't even talk about it. Like uh, identity being challenged. It's, it's wild. We are, we are truly in crazy times. It will pass. It will pass. And DeSantis will sign off on it. It's going to be implemented in the state of Florida. Well, we need to bring somebody on Florida on. We need what, what we need black LGBTQ plus voices in Florida. You're living down in Florida. You're black. Your LGBTQ plus, we're gonna empower your voice here on Higher Learning. We're gonna bring you on the show. We're gonna we're gonna throw you on the show, like the Jerky Boys say. I'll throw you on the Send show. Send us some suggestions too. Send us some yes. suggestions. We need to talk to people down there. They aren't gonna be able to be mentioned in schools. It's troubling. Now back to my Cinderella point. Yeah, it's BBL. BBL. Is this the point where the fairy godmother puts her in the white? It's a white dress. She got she got thicker. She got thicker. The prince, check, check this out. The prince is out here. He's trying to find his 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 number one mate. I gotta look this up. He just loves just look it up. He he loves to go out there and try to find who he's gonna be with. It's one of his favorite things. And what did she do? She bamboozled him. She put on eyelashes. She Tough. got her edges pulled back. She did all of this stuff. We don't ever talk about the fact if that was. On the other, if the shoe was on the other foot, <laughs> this is not have a BBL. She did get a BBL. She got. I'm a, looking. Look, look at her. Look at her before and after. That Cinderella. is the design of the dress, y'all. She thicker. Don't y'all let Van out here. That is what they had. It's um, what do you call the the, the type of skirts that they put under those dresses? You call it that ass. That's what they call it. You call what it. Are those, she, what are those she, she got thicker. She didn't have no hips before. You're looking at look, her the wrong way. I'm telling you, look, that's Cinderella before. That's her right there. Look. 
That's her before. And then after the after the fairy godmother comes, look at her. There she, is a different look, a hoop skirt. She popping like that, pop out that thing. She done got thick. She asked, so Cinderella definitely asked the fairy godmother for a BBL. <laughs> By the way, just to let you know, if it was Cinderella, you th- that's the first thing you'd ask for. Like, like, like what's the like, hey, Not I could do Cinder all of these fella. things. If it was Cinderella, what do you want? Just, you know, look, I'm doing okay, but just give me three more. Three more. Three more. Three more. Plus three. <laughs> Man, move on from Cinderella and three Cinderella. More. Three more. Just three more. Three more. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm straight, but three more. And now I'm really fit to be the king. Of the, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Whatever. <laughs> You you know that that's true. By the way, you know that if there was a if there was a story where a guy really faked all of that shit to get the girl, Trudy, jump in, jump in, Trudy, where a guy went to a fairy godfather, faked all of that shit is not his fucking car, is not his fucking okay, clothes, is not that. his fucking shoes, is not his fucking no. none of it. He Cinderella got, got dressed up and went to a party. That's it. That's all she did. She got dressed up. She borrowed some clothes As and went to a party. Who she really wasn't. No, 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 no. She didn't say who she was. She just went to the party and danced. If I recall correctly, Cinderella didn't try to be someone she's not. The prince then assumed why she go that. To, why why she go to the party? Hold on, hold on real quick though. She rented why a she, carriage. Why she go to a party where her... No, she didn't rent it. Somebody gave it to her. Why she go to a party wearing her regular shit then? Where the shit... It wasn't the dress code. Yeah. She bought clothes. Trudy, what Cinderella if you was more popping than everybody else? That's not her fault. Okay, she was popping for fake reasons, magical reasons. A nigga, you may tell me a nigga can't even wear a hat around you, and you telling me right now that you a nigga wearing magic shoes. Imagine you get to his crib, his crib is all busted out, his crib all busted out, and his Jordans was magic. You ask him where the Jordans at, and he goes, and he goes, Nah, man, it was magic Jordans. They don't really exist. Would you then fall in love with his heart? Fuck no. It's a double standard. I'm gonna let you have that one. Like I'm just gonna let you have that one. <laughs> yeah. All right, we love you, Trudy. All right, uh, we said that we were gonna recap Snowfall. I didn't I watch the newest episode. I didn't watch the newest, and we'll do it next week. But you Don- watched the first two, right? Yeah. Okay, so we got to catch up on the last one. Snowfall is great. Jesus Christ! Snowfall I'm so glad you introduced. Like I have to say, thank you for Appreciate bringing it. Snowfall into my life. Brian and I love it so much. Brian likes it. Oh, we watch it. And that's why I don't watch it last night because we were trying to watch it together. What else does Brian and watch? Brian loves power. Really? He's left me on force. I actually hasn't, I haven't connected with it yet. I, it would seem um, like to me that Brian would like be in the house watching Bowflex commercials. No, he's not. I'm not even sure that those come on. But he, <laughs> he's not. Brian watches a lot of sports, but he likes, he loves power. All the power series. Snowfall. Tell them we gotta uh, we gotta get hooked up for the NBA Finals. I got a whole NBA Finals thing. It's gonna be awesome. I'll tell them. Yeah, Brian, I'll come tell over them. here. You watching Brian. the fight this weekend? Uh, yeah, I watch the fights every weekend. We went to the fights a couple of weekends out in Pomona. I don't we even know where that is. It's like out there in the ether of California. Uh, but it was fun. It was fun. Fun night at the fights. A little cold. A little chilly. Was it outside? It was outside. Oh was, no! Yeah, it was like fifty-four degrees. We got to sit out there and try to watch the fights. Ashton no. Slive, uh, Ashton Silve. Should I say Ashton Silve? Remember that name, Ashton Silve. 
one of the best young fighters in the world. He is going to be a champion. I personally think Ashton, I think he's the next, I think he's the next Floyd Mayweather. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, this was boxing. Boxing, yeah. I was talking about UFC. Oh, no, UFC no, no. fight this weekend. I don't go watch that. I don't watch it. I don't watch that like that. Okay. Watch we heard you the it. first time. Ooh, mailbag time. <laughs> <laughs> mailbag time. Time to read your letters and then we'll reply to them. Oh, it's mailbag time. Write us with your queries and we'll chime in. All right, Donnie, first question. Go. All right. Uh, first question is from in-house. It's coming from you, Van. Uh, is Kanye's music better than Michael Jackson? I'm so glad that I'm not answering this question. Yes. <gasps> Why? <laughs> okay, so let me make let me let me make this point. Okay, so let me make the point before Rachel. Let me make the point. Let me make the point. So I'm not counting any of Michael Jackson's work with the Jackson Five. No gonna say you have to include the jackson five i literally thought he must not be including jackson five Go okay ahead. okay i'm not including any of michael jackson's work with the jackson five so i'm gonna start michael jackson's career i'm gonna start michael jackson this is just on music i'm not talking about who's the big better entertainer who is i'm just saying musically musically all right this is just on music so michael jackson starts and we're going to look at Michael Jackson's solo albums. All right. God damn. The King of Pop. I'll tell you what. This, was, <laughs> this nigga was the man. Look how long this Wikipedia page is. All right. So Michael Jackson's solo solo albums are Got to Be There, Ben, Music and Me, Forever Michael. Okay. Those kind of really don't count because those are like Kenny Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson comes into his own off the wall, thriller, bad, dangerous, history, and invincible. So those are the Michael Jackson albums where Michael Jackson is a fully formed artist. Uh, off the wall, thriller, bad, dangerous, history, and invincible. Okay. I'm not going to argue that Kanye West has any one album better than thriller. All right. Very, very, very few people do. I will tell you this. If you compare the discography of Kanye West, if you go uh, college dropout, late registration, graduation, 808s and heartbreaks, then you come back with my beautiful dark twisted fantasy all right jesus which is not as good all right to me but then the life of pablo if you if you take five if you take six out of those seven albums right there musically and match them up with what michael jackson put out kanye west produced higher quality and better music than michael jackson more consistently more consistently because Michael has off the wall thriller bad is good but after that like bad, bad is, is gr- bad don't underestimate the songs that are on bad bad is good but bad is not reaching the level of the music he put out before bad is good bad you had is good bad, the way you make me feel uh-huh. man in the mirror I'm looking another at another right part of me A- dirty Diana okay. smooth criminal uh-huh. And you want leave me alone? I just can't stop loving you on the other side. But I literally just named seven songs. Yeah, those. So it's only nine albums long. Uh, well, excuse me, it's, he had nine singles off the motherfucker. So I'm not saying that bad was dope. What I'm telling you is that 
I wouldn't say that bad's better than Kanye West's graduation. I wouldn't say that bad is better than Kanye West's mm-hmm. late registration. I wouldn't say that bad is better than my view of a dark twisted fantasy. I would say was, if we're just comparing music to if, if we're if we're comparing music to music as a musician, not as a total package entertainer, not as a cultural phenomenon, not as any of the reasons why we love Michael Jackson. Like to be honest with you, just musically, Prince is better than Michael Jackson. Just musically, just music, just off music. Yes, yes. I love I, I, I love Prince. I'm not even gonna. I'll, I'll take a Prince over Kanye. I think it's hard to compare Kanye to Michael because it's a different type of. Music. It's a different type of music. So, like, what I get from Kanye lyrically too in a song, I'm not gonna get that from a Michael song. I'm just not. It's just not the same. So it, it's it's hard to put the two together. But the question was for you. So yeah. I yeah. say Kanye's music is better than Michael Jackson's music, but that's okay. Look, I, look Michael Jackson, the greatest, Obsessed. greatest, Obsessed. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> fuck out. All right, next, next, next. Ooh. All right, uh, question posed from Twitter from uh, the Detroit Lion great Dan Orlovsky: What is one food item that you ate a lot as a kid that you will never eat as an adult? Oh, Vienna sausages. Ew. Uh, <laughs> easy. Easy. Ew. My grandmother said my toes look like Vienna sausages. I'm talking about the little so Vienna I, sausages in a can. I know. My grandmother said my toes oh. look like. Is there any other type? My grandmother loves to eat those. <laughs> oh, sorry. my God. I can't even fucking. Uh, I can't even fucking think about it now, man. It's so fucking. Look. I used to love them. Oh, they do look like Vienna sausages. <laughs> they look my, just like Vienna my sausages. My grandmother goes, mm, baby, you ain't got no toes. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Glenda, my grandmother. I love her so much. Okay. Um, what did I used to eat that I can't eat anymore? You know what? Cheese. When I was really young, I ate a lot of cheese. I can't stand cheese. I can't stand the smell of it. I can't stand the sight of it. I, I, I can smell cheese a mile away. I can't. I can't handle it. It's, it smells like feet. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. Mm-mm. I can't believe I used to eat these things, man. It's so gross sitting in that juice in the can. They the smell juice, too. They and stink. Some, and sometimes when you would, uh, sometimes it would you. It, so they would be in the juice in the can, right? And we would get them when we would go fishing. Uh, recipes that we go out to Ramy, and we would fish, right? We would fish. So you fish. One of the coolest things about fishing is you bring a whole bunch of snacks to eat along the day. Chips and all this stuff. You bring some Vienna sausages. When you put the Vienna sausages in the cooler. They would get cold and the juice in the Vienna sausage can would turn into like gelatin. And That's so disgusting. And so to get the Vienna sausages off, you'd have to shake the little gelatin off of it. Before <laughs> you- <laughs> They're not meant to be eaten. Not by humans. Yeah. They're not. Oh, Jesus Ew, Christ. Gross. Right, next one. All right. Fly Gemini asks, favorite movie from the 90s? favorite it i mean i'm gonna say off the top just legends of the fall oh that's really good is one of my favorite movies if it's odd i'm sitting down and i'm watching it don't talk to me for the next two and a half hours damn favorite movie of the that's so hard for me (laughs) see this is where it pays to be me where you haven't seen that many movies legends of the fall definitely Man, I wish this movie had more black people in it, but it's The Matrix. It, it's like it's was that in the nineties? Nineteen ninety nine. Oh yeah. wow! 
Yeah, it's the Matrix. I wish, I wish, I wish I could go like one of my favorite Spike Lee movie of all time is Mo Better Blues. I love Malcolm X. There's so many great, amazing devil with the blue dresses in the nineties. All this, but really, if I'm being honest with you, it's the Matrix. All right. At least black. yours has a black person. Mine doesn't. <laughs> well, what was your movie again? Legends of the Fall. Yeah, there's no niggas in that. They skipped that part. It's people of <laughs> color, though. Yes, people of color. Shout out to our Native American brothers and sisters, <laughs> sisters and brothers. Okay, next one, last one. All right, test nine eight six asks Van, "What's the best king cake in Louisiana?" I don't want to think about king cake. How about that? You're not going to eat it this year. No, I got to lose weight. It's happening. I'm doing so good. Good. I'm proud I'm of doing, you. I'm doing so good. Uh, the best king cake in Louisiana. Is one that okay? So I'm from Baton Rouge, but a friend of mine named Nan, uh, she sent me a king cake last year from someplace in New Orleans, and it was by far not just the best king cake I've ever heard. It might have been the best cake I've ever had. A lot of the king cakes I got. When I was a kid, we're homemade, so it wasn't like we would go out to a place and we'd buy a king cake, like my aunts would make a king cake. Uh, so let me think. Let me let me think about where, where this place was. But like, I, I didn't buy a ton of king cakes when I was a kid. Like my auntie would make the king cakes, but Nan sent me this king cake from this place. It was fucking amazing, uh, and I can't I can't remember the name of it. I will remember the name of it, but I ate like pretty much the whole king cake, and it was very bad. It's very bad for me. It's very bad. I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't eat the whole king cake like that. It's good though, y'all. I mean, if you haven't had king cake, do yourself a favor and have some. You can order it online. Yeah, yeah. What's your address for the king cake? She says right here. I'm looking for it in my. Uh, hold on. Oh, it is. Uh, it is Manny Randazzo's king cakes. Manny Randazzo king cakes. It is in Metairie, Louisiana. I'm from Baton Rouge, but she sent this king cake from Manny Randazzo King Cakes, and it was fucking amazing. What does like, it mean so again? Good. If you find the baby, you get another piece. Oh, that's it. You get another, you get another piece. <laughs> what do you think? Like what? seven years of good luck or something like that. No, I don't like <laughs> the little babies like that. The little babies is like I never got that baby. By the way, in years, all the years, my years of eating king cake, I've never gotten a baby before. You know, but some people don't like babies being in their mouth, so it's interesting. All right, uh, uh, should we do another one? Should we do one more? Sure, let's go for it. One more. Okay, last one, Dan. Please, for the love of God. Okay, wait. This is from 1988. Van, please, for the love of God, give the Thought Warriors what they want. One of your tantalizing, quote unquote, never before seen or heard stories from your TMZ days. Okay, so I will in September of this year. Damn, that's how long you under contract for? That's how long that NDA is, baby. No, I'm just joking. There's no NDA. Uh, <laughs> I'd have to think of one. I will. I will. Because there are a lot. Sure. Some of them are. Some of them are really damning to people. I have to be honest with you. I have to think of one though. I will. I will do that. Have uh, you ever? Let me ask you this: Did you ever find something out about a good friend that? Absolutely. Did you tell them? Yes. Did you run the story? 
now. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. It, it was difficult to not find out stuff about people that you know. Well, it and, depends who you know. Like, you got to know people who well, TMZ I mean, would care about. Also, to be honest with you, you do, but at the same time, once you're in that world, you start meeting those people. Like, you go to different things and you see them a little bit. I will tell you this, though. The the funniest thing about working with TMZ was what I'd be called six, what I call six degrees of betrayal. Okay. You, like, every celebrity or person in Hollywood thinks that the betrayal comes from the sixth degree. The person that, like, you let to your house every once in a while that's going to steal your shit. No. The person that's sending you, that's sending in tips and clues to you to TMZ is your right hand. That's wild. It, but, like, it, I, I can't tell you how many times I say, oh, this is my day one brother. And I'm thinking, damn, that's the source. Like, it's your right hand. Don't you just, like, I feel like if I were in your position, I'd be looking at everybody crazy. Like, you know that they shouldn't be trusting this person, but you can't really go around and saying that all the time. That's 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 a lot. I mean, yeah. I mean, for me, it was just like, damn. You know? I remember once, I, th- I think I told this story before. One time, this dude, there was this guy. So, I'll tell you one little story. I won't, I won't name any of the players. But the NBA story that I that I was working, there was this guy. I'm sure I've oh sure I've told this story on the podcast before. Maybe I have, maybe I haven't. So if you're a new listener, you get a treat. If you're an old listener, yo, 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 thought warriors. Uh, so there was this dude, he had been in jail in Milwaukee. And he was like the gopher guy. So a lot of guys in pro sports, they have like a gopher dude. Like they don't want to DM the Instagram model. So there's a guy that they have DM the Instagram model and says, hey, we're having a party. So-and-so would like you to come, blah, blah, blah. He wants to do this. Uh, now, I think it's a little different. I think it's the Wild Wild West out here. But at the time that we're talking about, we're talking about maybe 2015 to where a lot of people were a little bit more protective over it. Now, everyone, no one gives a fuck anymore. Things are wide open. And maybe they didn't care as much than all of them, whatever. So the guy that you, that you if you're an NBA guy, you're not going to go buy weed. There's a guy that goes to buy the weed. There's a guy that goes and wrangles the girls and brings them to the VMP. There's a guy that does all of these things, right? This guy knows all your secrets. Like, he's in the group text to you where you're sharing all your sex tapes. He's doing all of this stuff and doing all of that stuff, right? Right? You would think that you would want to take care of this guy. This particular guy, they didn't take care of him. He got popped on some kind of weed charge and they left him in jail. Like, nobody came to bail him out. So he got out of jail, pissed, like pissed. He had hundreds and hundreds of pictures and video of NBA players for a, for a specific team, hazing their rookies, crazy, right? He had tapes of guys like with like, I never forget it. And this is an actual tape. That I had to watch to make sure that it was real. It was these guys, these players, and they were sitting on a couch. And there was this girl that was going from guy to guy. Like, mm. giving them head. And all they would do to make her switch to the next guy was just tap her on the head. Wow. Like, they tap her on the head, she moved to the next guy. Tap her on the head, she moved to the next guy. Tap her on the head. Just, they're just out there being kids, like, like the wilding out. And all of this stuff is out there. I remember I called these guys as agents and I'm like, they're like, you would really put this out about these young athletes and ruin all of that shit. I said, no, I'm not putting any of this out. I said, we don't run sex tapes on this site. I'll tell you what you need to do though. 
You need to tell them niggas to take care of their business. That's what you need to do. I remember I, I was driving home. I pulled over to the side of the room to talk to this agent. I was like, you need to tell these guys to take care of their business. Like, take whoever this guy is, whatever's going on, I'm not saying that they should be held at the end of a barrel, but I'm saying whatever's whatever's happening, they need to fix this. Because mm-hmm. if, if this guy wants this stuff to get out as bad as he does, it's going to get out. Um, so, nah. They obviously took care of him because... Never heard I'm of never it. Never hear, hearing about it. Well, who knows what happened? You know what I'm saying? But like, I, I just remember, I just remember, and that was really when I was maybe f- my first six months of being on the sports desk, and just you would just get so. It almost working at TMZ. It made you, in a way, it made you realize what celebrity life is actually about. Because you know, it made you realize how much stuff they get away with, but it also made you realize just how difficult it is. It's like, Burr, my phone rings. Burr. Hey, so-and-so just walked in. What you want me to do? Oh, my what God. You, what you mean what I want you to do? What, what I want you to do is... get out of this? Money. Like, sending y'all all that. Like, does TMZ pay that much money? No. So what do people get out of wanting to send all this stuff to TMZ? Well, if you That's have the right I'm piece saying. of video, they do pay a lot of money. Hmm. Like, they've paid... It's a quarter of a million dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars video. If you have the right piece of video, it's worth a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. But most of the time, you know what people wanted? You know what people want? They want to be part of it. They want to be, they, I'm telling you, I I swear to God, it's the weirdest thing. They want to be part of it. The smartest thing they ever did was the tip line because the tip line makes everybody feel like they're TMZ. They want to be part of it. They want to, they want to be, they like, there's a thing, right? This Hollywood thing, there's a celebrity thing. Like, oh, I saw this person. Oh, I saw this person. They want to be a part of it. They want to let you know. Like, I would go places and like I'd be sitting down, eat, eat dinner, and they'd be like, "Hey, hey, hey, this is just a Jada Pinkinson here." And I'd be like, "Yo, could I see a fucking menu?" Like, like I like I want some crab cakes, not a goddamn entanglement. You know I mean? <laughs> anyway. All right, that's enough. That's a little story right there. It's that's a wild. true story, by the way. Yeah, no, it's wild. All right, I want to guess the player after we get off. Uh, okay, take your thing caps <laughs> off, but do not stop learning. I am Van Lathan Jr. I'm Rachel and Lindsay. We are out.